You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, everybody. This is Doug Robertson of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. It is June 17th, a sweltering day in Atlanta. But I think we're willing to live with the heat because of the big, big news that came down the pipe this week. As always, you can find me on Twitter at Doug Robertson AJC and on Facebook at Atlanta United News Now. We're going to cover some of the basics before we get into the big stuff. The basics being Atlanta United will host Miami on Sunday, Father's Day. At Mercedes-Benz Stadium, kickoff is set for 3.08 p.m. The game will be televised on ESPN2. You can follow my live coverage on Twitter, again, at Doug Robertson AJC. It'll be on the radio on 92.9 FM, and you will have my story by the time the echoes of the final whistle have bounced around the bins, which was announced on Thursday night as one of the 11 host sites in the United States for the 2026 World Cup, and I am still walking on clouds at that news. And I'll explain why in just a little bit. Um, Atlanta, 3-1-3 at home this year. Miami, 1-4-1 on the road. Atlanta has scored 20 goals and given up 20. Miami has scored 15 and given up 22, but the expected numbers kind of don't flatter or do flatter the teams a little bit. Atlanta United's expected goals is 20.2 score to 18.2 allowed. Miami's is 16.5 score to 20.8 allowed. So what's going to be unique for Atlanta United about Sunday is Gonzalo Pineda, the team's manager, will not be on the sideline because he received a red card toward the end of the game against Columbus. So I asked him who is going to manage the team on Sunday. <laughs> the players, the players, I mean, they are they are in control of everything. Once the, the, the referee whistles, the players are in control of everything. Uh, Rob is going to take the main role on the bench, but I think uh, they all will contribute. Uh, Diego and Eugenio, Eugenio has a lot of experience, but, but for this one, uh, Rob is going to take kind of the lead. And then Emerson Heinemann was asked if it's going to be odd not to have Pineda on the sideline on Sunday. Yeah, it's going to be strange. I mean, it's, uh, it's the first time we've had him on the sideline, really, for um, a game. So, you know, obviously we we're doing preparation like like he'll be there on, uh, you know, just like on a match day. But, um, you know, we obviously have trust in all the coaches uh, behind the scenes. And, uh, yeah, we just hope to deliver. Sunday's game is very, very important for Atlanta United for many, many reasons. Starting with the fact that it will now go on the road for its next three games at three places in which it has not done well at all at Toronto, at NYCFC, and at Red Bulls, 
which combined in the franchise history, I think it has two wins and all road games at those three places. So if Atlanta United does not get three points on Sunday against Miami, it is likely going to lose ground to those teams that it is chasing to get above the 17 playoff line in the MLS East. Now it only trails the seventh place team by three points right now. So it can move into a tie after this weekend's action, depending upon what happens, but it already trails Red Bulls for the fourth place spot, which comes with a home playoff game by seven points. It's got to start to make up ground and it's got to start to do it quickly. And there are a lot of teams in between it and Red Bulls, including Orlando, New England, Charlotte, Cincinnati, Miami, and Columbus. So Emerson Hyman was asked how important it is to get three points on Sunday. Yeah, it's huge. I mean, anytime we play at home, we want to win. Um, it's like anybody in the, else in the league, you know, especially with our stadium, our fans, the, the amount of uh, attention we bring. So I think it's hugely important to get a result, especially, like you said, before three away games in a row. So, um, yeah, it's massive. Now, Atlanta United played Miami well down in Miami, Fort Lauderdale, I should say, earlier this season, but it was another game in which it gave up a result uh, by not concentrating, which is a problem. It was a problem against Pachuca. It's been a problem every game. It's a problem that Pineda continues to say needs to be fixed, but really there's only so much he can do. It's, it comes down to the players and them concentrating for 90 minutes. It's as simple as that. So now we're going to shift from the Miami game to talk about, I think, what y'all re- probably really want to talk about, which is the World Cup. Thursday night, FIFA announced the cities from uh, a broadcast in New York. Atlanta kind of surprised everyone, not because it was selected, but because it was in the central region with Kansas City and Dallas and Houston, which stunned the Atlanta bid committee who are watching it from someplace in Mercedes-Benz Stadium. They expected to go into the east, not the central region. Not that it matters. It's just geographic designations that won't have any impact on anything else. Um, But I can remember I started playing soccer in 1975. I was five years old. We lived in Smyrna, and I was playing for the YMCA there. My first team was the Black Vultures, which is a really odd name for a soccer team, but we didn't pick it. And ever since then, I've played it. I played it two to three seasons, including indoor, until I was I graduated high school. I didn't get to play one season because I broke or or severely injured my ankle playing basketball, so I had to skip that season. But other than that, I was playing either rec, traveling, high school, indoor. Never in my wildest dreams that I think that Atlanta would get to host a World Cup and what seems likely to be a semifinal. Um, soccer, it runs through my blood. My dad got me playing. He played, so we'd go Saturdays to my games and then to his games on Sunday all around the state, uh, from Helen, Georgia, down to Macon, to all sorts of places that I can't even remember anymore. But it was our weekend most every weekend. So to see Atlanta go up on the board, or I'm sorry, be pulled out of the envelope, it uh, it's, it chills down my spine, and it still does. I'm just hoping that I'm in a place in you know 2024 that I can really start covering what's going to happen in the city and to the teams that may be coming to the city, and and really provide y'all the absolute best coverage that I can. Gonzalo Pineda was asked. Where was he when the World Cup news broke? And he had a pretty funny answer. Sorry, I was here working <laughs> and I read it through social media. Some of you uh, announced it and I was just reading some of you guys and uh, that's how I heard the news. Uh, 
to be honest, it was expected to me. Like, I don't see why Atlanta shouldn't be there. Actually, I think it's one of the best cities to host big games. Uh, has everything, in my opinion. Uh, so later we will see the schedules and all that, but I expect uh, Atlanta to have a lot of the good games for, for the World Cup. It's going to be great today. Uh, as the players, like, who's going to be there playing for his national team? Who's going to be there in four years? And who has that mentality from now preparing for four years now, playing the Mercedes-Benz with their national team and singing the national anthem in there? Like, uh, it's going to be nice to see something like that. Now, Emerson Hyman kind of got a double dose of pride. He's from the Dallas area. Dallas got one of the games and is considered one of the contenders to host the finals. And of course, he's played for Atlanta United for the past few years. So he, of course, was asked what he thought of the World Cup news. Yeah, it's awesome. I mean, uh, obviously it hasn't happened in a while for the U.S. Uh, hosting. And uh, I think it's probably the right time. You see how well our national team's doing right now and um, how much our country's grown over the years and built into soccer. And uh, yeah, I think it's a huge opportunity, especially to have it here in Atlanta and, uh, and all over the country. I think it's an amazing opportunity. So my other World Cup story is... In 1994, I was sports editor of the Hickory Daily Record in Hickory, North Carolina, the furniture capital of the world. And I got a call. 1994 is the last time the U.S. hosted the World Cup. I got a call from my dad that said, hey, if you can get down here by the morning, we are going to take a flight to Orlando, go watch Holland play Algeria, and then we're going to rent a car and drive back. And I said, I am there. And I made the drive that night. Uh, We flew Delta, I think, to Orlando or it may have been Spear, I can't remember, sat in the absolute sweltering heat on the upper tier of the Citrus Bowl, watched Holland win. It was so much fun. People were walking around in the wooden cleats and, and everything. And I still have a T-shirt I wore it four days ago from that World Cup. It's a black T-shirt with the flags of all the participating countries. I've still got the ticket. It's in a frame. It's in a storage box in my new house here that I'm living in. And, and I got to find it and get it out. But I'm hoping that in four years that my son, my daughter, my stepsons, my stepdaughters all get a chance to go watch a game wherever they may be in their careers, in their college lives, whatever they're doing, because it's, it's an experience that they'll never forget. So I asked Hyman, how does he think having a World Cup here is going to grow the sport in Atlanta? I think it could, uh, could be huge. I mean, obviously, our fans are amazing and show up in numbers, but... Uh, to make it almost a worldwide event and have our kind of stadium uh, hosted is uh, incredible, um, especially with the amount of people we can actually hold in the stadium. It'll be an amazing atmosphere and obviously great for the city. And then Gonzalo Pineda was four years old when the World Cup was in Mexico in uh, 1984, I think it was. Um, Mexico is now going to be the first country in history to host three World Cups. Pineda was asked, how will the World Cup help the sport in the city? It's going to be massive. I mean, uh, I, I come from a country that already organized two World Cups, Mexico. And even though I don't remember the World Cup because I was four, uh, the 86, uh, uh, it was something that for sure provided a lot of momentum to the city, to kids that wanted to play like Maradona in those days. And uh, they wanted to be that in to be able to watch that live in your stadium, in your city, to that that atmosphere that World Cups, World Cups bring to the countries is just fantastic. So I'm just excited for 
the momentum that MLS has, the momentum that the U.S. national team has with a lot of young, talented players, and the momentum with, in four years, having organizing a, a World Cup in here is going to be massive for the development of the soccer culture in, in America. I don't know why I said 84. The math was easy. 86. Uh, I'm a dumb guy sometimes. Um, the other giant piece of news for MLS this week was a 10-year, $2.5 billion partnership for broadcast rights with Apple. Uh, it is a massive deal for the league. Apple TV is in 108 countries around the world. Anybody in those countries can watch any MLS game they want to, any team they want to. There's no geo-blocking. They can ingest any content produced by any of the teams they want to. The games are now going to be played Saturday nights and Wednesday nights so that the league or Apple and the league can produce a equivalent of the NFL red zone, every goal, every big save in one show. It, it's just a massive deal. The revenue alone, the previous deal was between 80 and $90 million a year. This is $250 million a year. It's, it's a massive increase in revenue. Some of it's going to be eaten in production costs, but I'm hoping that the money is going to flow down and increase in the salary caps for each team so they can be more competitive, signing quality players from around the world, um, maybe getting rid of some of the bizarre rules that MLS has, DPs and TAM and GAM and, and young DPs and under-22 initiatives and all that just kind of silliness. But Gonzalo Pineda was asked what he thinks this deal is going to do for the league. Well, I, I think the, the league has proved that every time there is income, they reinvest it in the league. And that's something that I admire about uh, this league is that they, are, they have a long-term vision of things. And this TV deal, we heard about this like a few years ago. So the, the plans are uh, going as planned, I would say. Uh, $200 million per year is not, uh, you know... Uh, uh, Chop change. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's it's good amount of money, and I know the MLS will reinvest this in the league, and and I think it's gonna also help with that momentum that the league has to grow even more. And I'm just excited about being part of that growth. And the 2.5 billion dollars is a minimum. The league is also still negotiating national TV rights uh, with some of its current partners to show a game a week that would also be streamed concurrently by Apple. Um, so there's going to be even more revenue coming in as the league's channel hits certain numbers of subscribers. There's going to be more revenue coming in. This is a transformative deal for MLS and for consumers. It's the first time Apple has gone all in with a league to stream games and other content. I asked Pineda, how does he want to see some of that increased revenue spent? And his answer was not what I expected, but really interesting. Well, probably more in academies. That's what I would okay. say. Like, uh, I would like to see more uh, earlier stages of academies. Uh, what we all always talk about, many uh, youth academy systems not being for free for people that want to just to play soccer for fun, kids that want to play uh, uh, soccer for fun, and, and it's always charged big money. So something like that, some programs uh, and, and more 
uh, spent on those areas. I would like to say that the future is always young players. The future of any country is young players, young people. So we have to reinvest on that. But also the fans. I would like to see best, uh, better experiences for fans. I think what they have in every match that I see is good experiences, good atmospheres, good environment. They feel safe. They feel uh, uh, in having a good time, a good moment when they watch football at home, grabbing a beer in the, sta in the standings. Like it's nice to be there. So I would like something for them, but obviously for the soccer players is, is, the, is the number one priority. That was news to me that soccer fans drink beer. Uh, so you can knock me over a feather with that one. Uh, all right, we're going to go to a break. When we come back, I'm going to answer your excellent questions. This is Southern Fried Soccer from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. I'm your host, Doug Robertson. Find me on Twitter at Doug Robertson AJC. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor. But I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces, as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution keeps you informed on the news that matters to you. And now for a limited time, you can get six months of unlimited digital access to the AJC for just 99 cents. That includes all of our Atlanta United coverage, plus sports, politics, investigations, breaking news, dining, and more for less than a buck. It's our best offer of the year for the best journalism in Atlanta, according to this promo, but I'm going to say the state. Go to subscribe.ajc.com slash podcast to get unlimited digital access for the next six months for just 99 cents. That's subscribe.ajc.com slash podcast. So you'll always know what's really going on. It's a heck of a deal, folks. Heck of a deal. All right. Adam, friend of the podcast, says World Cup related. Do we know where teams will be training while in Atlanta since Atlanta United will still be using their facility? Surely FIFA will seek access to indoor options as part of this. No. Well, I asked Carlos Bocanegra this. He said they are going to offer their facility to teams. I, Atlanta should be hosting some of the group games, so there might be multiple teams. There are lots of places around the city that teams could train if they don't want to train at Atlanta United's facility. Uh, there's Kennesaw. Um, there, there's lots of places, but I think Atlanta United will probably become the hub. Adam continues, MLS media deal related. While simulcast deals with carriers like ESPN and Fox remain possible, it appears the regional and lo local network deals will no longer happen. Has MLS or Apple hinted at their plans for keeping getting more MLS matches on TV screens in pubs and sports bars? Now, the regional and local broadcasts are done for every team in every market. MLS set this up specifically this way so they can negotiate a one rights deal for all teams. And that's what they did. As for watching it in pubs and sports bars, they're just going to have to get Apple TV and off they go. I don't know if Apple is going to charge some sort of, uh, uh, you know, the MLB implied permission rights 
I'll try to find out though, but that's that's going to be the easiest way. Atlanta United related because why not? Injuries and roster experimentation means Atlanta might reach the halfway point having yet to field a consistent first 11. That's definitely going to happen, which has surely contributed to the struggles on the pitch and in the standings. I agree. While no one gives up on a season until the final whistle, if Atlanta hasn't made a big push in the table, say by August, do you think the second half of the season will be as much about next year as it is for this year's playoffs? No, 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 no. Darren Eels and Carlos Bocanegra have shown every year they do not give up on making the playoffs. Even in the awful 2020 season, they went out and got Marcelino Moreno after they sold Pitti Martinez and still had a chance to make the playoffs until they messed it up in the final game. The team will not give up. In MLS, a quick run, a three-game run, and you're right back in the playoff picture. On to Diego, who I think is a first-time question asker. I really enjoy listening to the podcast. Two questions. What do you think the long-term impact will be to the city and soccer in the area from Atlanta hosting a World Cup game? And also with a new MLS Apple TV deal, do you think Apple will go for acquiring the rights to the World Cup games? I don't know about the second question. The first question is interesting. And I can remember going on uh, GPB one time and talking about this. Soccer will truly become gigantic in this country when all demographics have access to the sport. All demographics have some way to play the sport. Now, Atlanta United is doing its part with the many pitches at the MARTA stations. But having the exposure of a World Cup and just the discussion of the sport coming to the city should open doors of interest, to coin a phrase, to maybe people who didn't have an interest in the sport before. And I'm not just talking about inner city uh, residents. I'm talking about those in the country. I'm talking about anybody that maybe didn't have an interest in soccer before, but recognizes the importance of the World Cup and will say, hey, I'm going to start watching the sport. I'm going to start playing the sport. I'm going to have my kids start playing the sport. Because the larger the pool that plays the sport, the better chance you're going to develop at least one world-class talent. It's all about numbers. And uh, get better coaching, all that. It's going to be, it has a potential to be massive. World Cup Guide on Twitter says, what do you think will surprise the general American public about the World Cup in 2026? Also, any bold predictions on the impact hosting 2026 will have on the city of Atlanta over the overall existence of soccer in the U.S.? Well, I just touched on that one. But surprise the general American public about the World Cup in 2026. I think they're going to be surprised at how many people from other countries are going to descend upon their cities and truly have a blast. I think they're going to be surprised at the skill of the players on the other teams. You can watch it on television and appreciate it, but to see it live, it's like going and watching a golf tournament live. You can't believe how good the players are until you're seeing them in in person. That's going to be an impressive thing. I'm going to be curious how many Americans pick teams to support other than the U.S. Because I don't think it's a bad thing to support the U.S., but also pick another team. Just because, you know, you have a heritage with that country, perhaps, or just you like the kit. As simple as that. Or they have one of your favorite players. It's going to be so much fun. Nick says, I saw you and a few others wondering about Atlanta United's 2020 season. Nick is a friend of the podcast. And if the team will use the grass surface or relocate play road games for the majority of the first half, 
Could you elaborate on some of these possibilities on the pod? I did ask Darren Eels this. He said he thinks that the grass is going to be down in time for them to play on it at the stadium. Um, so it shouldn't affect them at all. Now, it may affect them after the World Cup is done and they have to haul the grass out and put the turf back down because it needs time to settle and things like that. So they may have a few weeks of road games, but I don't think it's going to be as big a factor as I openly was curious about on the Twitters. Henry says, do you know how many games Atlanta will host? Not yet. Uh, We'll find that out next year in June. And will we know if Atlanta gets the broadcast media center for the World Cup? So that is a totally different bidding process than hosting the games. And Atlanta, uh, FIFA has already done a site visit. Atlanta now starts that process and there is no timetable for when they'll find that out. I got to think Atlanta, New York, and possibly LA are going to be the favorites for that. And then Hannah asks a really cool question. Hannah, this I think is a first time question asker. So thank you, Hannah. If you could have any teams at Atlanta stadium for either group or after, who would it be and why? I love this question. I would love to see Brazil, the U.S. This is for a group stage. Trying to do it in the, in the tiers that are typical. Brazil, the U.S., a small country in Europe like maybe Iceland because their fans are awesome. And then a country from Asia or, or Africa uh, like a Senegal. I think would be a lot of fun. And in a semifinal, you know, Germany, Germany, Italy, England, Germany, any of the big countries would be just fantastic. So I want to thank all of y'all for your questions. I'm going to wrap up this podcast now. I've got to hit the road at five o'clock to head back into downtown Atlanta uh, for something that I'm very excited about. Um, As always, you can find me on Twitter at Doug Robertson, AJC and on Facebook at Atlanta United News. Now hug your loved ones, Communicate with your loved ones, and y'all take care. The AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC. I'm Ernie Suggs, race and culture reporter for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. And I'm Ned Ravone, lifestyle columnist. Atlanta has been known as the Black Mecca for so many years, but that means something different to everybody. It means everything to me. I've been living here for 24 years, and I am still amazed at how rich the city's Black culture continues to grow. Every day I wake up, I learn something new. Well, you all can learn something new by subscribing to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution's new newsletter called Unapologetically ATL. It's all about the people, the events, and the entertainment happening in Metro Atlanta that Black people might want to know about. Like historically Black colleges and universities. Atlanta's thriving art scene. And the city's growing neighborhoods. Wherever you live, we want to hear from you. We want to hear what issues are important to you. So subscribe today at www.ajc.com slash unapologetically ATL. Only from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Constitution.